welcome to this talk from Emmaus Road, a church with congregations in Guildford and Woking in the UK. To find out more about who we are and what we're up to, please visit us online at EmmausRoad.com. It is my great joy now to introduce today's speaker. Chris Kimbangi is the uh, senior pastor, the leader of Hope Church in uh, Guildford. Uh, he's a great friend. Uh, Hope is a brilliant, brilliant church. Uh, it's so wonderful to be part of uh, the one family of God in this area. And uh, Chris is married to Catherine. Uh, they have two wonderful primary school aged kids, uh, Talia and uh, Naya. Uh, he's uh, a passionate sports fan with a, a passion, I'm told, for boxing and for football. Who do you, who do you support then, Chris? So, well, Man United. So you've got a big game against Spurs. <laughs> yeah, big one today. Yeah. Would it be right to say that you're not doing so well in the Premiership at the moment? <laughs> Um, anyway, on that, on that bombshell, uh, Chris, Chris is going to uh, do the fourth in our series of the Psalms of Ascent, and he's going to help us to think about Psalm 130. So let's open our hearts to receive from the Word of God now. Chris, thanks for being with us. We're really grateful. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. And uh, so great to, to be with you all this morning. And uh, yeah, I get the joy of leading Hope Church, and it, it's so good. I've been doing that for a couple of years now, and it's just been excellent getting to know uh, some of your great leaders, Jill and Bill and, and Pete and these guys. Uh, it's so good. And a big shout out to the football team who I get to play with uh, from Emmaus Road on a Friday night, people like Jack Johnson. It's always great. To, to be together and I really have enjoyed the fellowship that we have together. As I've prepared, I've caught up on the series over the last few weeks and wasn't it so good to hear Isway last week on worshipping and, and not worshipping because of how we feel but because of who God is, just so good. This morning, we're carrying on the series, The Highlands of Faith, by going through the Psalms of Ascent. You know, as previously mentioned over the last few weeks, these would have been sung most likely during the journey up to Jerusalem to worship. And this morning's psalm is all about hope and the hope that can be found in the God of the Bible. So let's read Psalm 130. It says this, Out of the depths I cry to you, Lord. Lord, hear my voice. Let your ears be attentive to my cry for mercy. If you, Lord, kept a record of sins, Lord, who could stand? But with you there is forgiveness so that we can, with reverence, serve you. I wait for the Lord. My whole being waits and in his word I put my hope. I wait for the Lord more than watchmen wait for the morning. More than watchmen wait for the morning. Israel, put your hope in the Lord, for with the Lord is unfailing love, and with him is full redemption. He himself will redeem Israel from all their sins. Such a great psalm, and just as the people of God are going on this journey, so each of the psalms express a journey of the reality of life and what life is like. They depict something of real life, and millions of people around the world turn to them because they're so raw and real and encouraging in challenging times like the ones that we face. 
The journey the people of God would have taken would have been fraught with dangers. The threat of bandits and robbers lurking and waiting would have been very real on some routes. And on other routes, they would have gone through the desert and that brings its own challenges and problems. You know, at night you would need watchmen and the whole community would be looking forward to getting to their destination, to Jerusalem, to worship God and, and be safe. Whilst this psalm goes on a journey from despair to hope, it seems to mirror the journey of life that also can twist and turn through different stages of challenge and joy. And I, I don't know where you are in your journey of life. You know, maybe you've been heading down the highway of joy with the wind in your hair. Maybe your life feels like it's at a dead end. Maybe it feels like you're just going round in circles and you, perhaps you feel a little bit lost. I don't know, but I do know that life wasn't always easy for the people of God. And so they sung this psalm and it reminds them of the hope that can be found in God. But before we carry on, let me tell you a bit about my journey in life. You see, my, my mum, she was around 14 years old when she felt God calling her to be a missionary. That's someone who goes and shares Jesus with people in other countries. And uh, when she was 22, she then left as a single woman in the UK to go to a small village in the Democratic Republic of Congo to teach. And she was there for about 20 years as this single white woman working there in the harshest of conditions. After 18 years, my, my dad came along and, and uh, when my mum first met my dad, he got down on one knee and proposed because there you don't really do kind of in, uh, courting or dating. That's how you have intention to, to kind of get to know someone. And so he asked, will you marry me? Of course, she said no at first, you know, who, what do you think you're doing? Uh, but after a, a few months, he wore her down and they got engaged. There was opposition at first. People in the UK were kind of saying, look, he really just wants you for the passport. People in Africa uh, were saying to him that he shouldn't marry her because he was well-educated, had a good job. And they were saying, no, you need to keep it in-house. Mm. And so it was quite tough. Life started off okay at first. Um, but then my dad, he got made redundant from a great job. And my mum lost a baby. She recalls a time where she was sitting on the side of the road crying uh, because... The job was lost, the baby was lost, she'd been kicked out of the missionary society because she wasn't allowed to marry a native, but she did anyway. And that was really hard. And she was thinking, well, maybe they were all right. I've given my best years, and is this it? Mm. A few years on, there was another miscarriage. But after that, they had me. Hey. And uh, they, my middle name is Matondo, which means thanksgiving. They were just so grateful to God that I was safe and born well. And so I grew up in Kinshasa, uh, which is the capital of the Congo. And in 1991, some of the older people uh, with us today might remember there was a big military coup. And uh, we, we had a nice house at this point. And these soldiers, they came to our house because the, the military were basically taking money from the citizens because the government wouldn't give it to them. These two soldiers, I remember watching them come to our house as my dad went out to meet them. And uh, my dad managed to convince them that we just inherited the house. We didn't have much. But the soldiers uh, shot and killed our dogs dead before leaving us alone. 
over the next week or so, uh, my dad packed a suitcase for us and shipped us back to the UK. We arrived, my mum, my brothers, and uh, just one suitcase. And growing up at first was quite tough. Learning the language wasn't so easy. And as I got into my teenage years, I wasn't the most well-behaved kid. There was one particular night where I was uh, arrested and spent the night in a jail cell. It's really how I became a Christian, actually. But... Now that I'm a parent, I remember just asking my mum, mum, how did you cope with all the ups and downs that life threw at you? When you look back, what, you know, what do you think about it? And she said, yeah, life was tough, but God was with me every step of the way. And he is faithful and I trust him. You know, ever since becoming a Christian myself, I've reminded myself of those simple words. Life is tough but God is faithful, in him we trust. And they're the three things we're going to look at this morning. I just want to put out of this psalm today. So let's start off with life is tough. It says in verse 1, Out of the depths I cry to you, Lord. Lord, hear my voice. Now, like I said, I don't know your circumstances or whether you know God or not, but I do know that whoever you are, that life has probably and certainly will not always be plain sailing. This pandemic has certainly thrown us all a few curveballs. But on top of that, you might have been battling issues in your job, your relationship, your home life, your finances, your health, and a whole number of things. Because life is tough. And in those moments, if you're anything like me, well, you're looking to several steps ahead of the journey and you're thinking and you're praying, please, God, if you could give me that job, that relationship, that house, that thing, that bit of health, then that bit of finance, then I'll be okay. And when I first read this psalm, I assumed that, like me, that's what they would pray for. But what I found is really surprising. Rather than crying out for wealth, health and prosperity, the people then sing, Lord, hear my voice. Let your ears be attentive to my cry for mercy. And then it says in verse 3, if you, Lord, kept a record of sins, Lord, who could stand? I just think that's bizarre. These guys are on a treacherous journey. But they recognise that their greatest need is not their security, but their soul. It seems nuts, and I'm not sure I would have perhaps asked for the same thing, but the Bible tells us that all have sinned, and all have fallen short of God's glory. And the things that we do in secret, the way we think about others, the way we treat others, the, the way we abandon God's best for our lives and pursue our own gain, instead of trusting in God, we trust ourselves. When we turn our own way, that's sin. Sometimes... We can think that our greatest need is the need in front of us, the the job, the car, the house, the relationship, the health. They're good things to pray for, but they're not our greatest need. Mm. You know, there's a a story in the New Testament of a paralysed man who was lowered to Jesus through the ceiling. Everyone is watching and waiting for Jesus, the miracle worker, to heal him because, you know, duh, of course, that's your greatest need. And it's his paralysis. But Jesus, he looks at him and he sees that his greatest, the greatest thing he needs is not healing, but forgiveness of sins. And so he says, your sins are forgiven. It's one of those bombshell moments. And do you know what the reality is? Is that for every single one of us, our understanding is limited. And we can believe that from our perspective, that the best thing that we could have is an answer to that thing that we need. And we can say, God, if you really loved me, that you would give me that job, the car, the money, the healing. And they're good things to pray for. And God might and he might not, but whatever it is, It's not your greatest need. That's forgiveness. Mm. 
And Jesus deals with that first. As he comes to forgive sin, God's desire is often not to fast track you through the pain, but to meet you in the pain. After all, that fits best with all the amazing promises we see in the Bible, like the one that God speaks more than any other, that I will never leave you or forsake you. Or Isaiah 41 that says, For I am the Lord your God who takes hold of your right hand and says to you, Do not fear, I will help you. Although the mountains be shaken and the hills be removed, my unfailing love will not be shaken, nor my covenant of peace be removed from you. Because you see, life is tough. But the greatest gift that we can receive is God's presence with us on the journey. And so these guys in the psalm, they cry out for mercy and they sing it. But then, amazingly, they cry out for mercy. But in verse 4 it says, but with you, there, it's not just mercy, but there is forgiveness. So that we can serve you with reverence. I wait for the Lord, it says in verse 5. My whole being waits. In his word I put my hope. You know, life is tough, but do you know what? God is faithful. And as they're walking along the journey of life, they ask for mercy, but God gives grace. Mercy means not getting what you deserve. And they kind of cry out, Lord, we know that we are sinful. Please spare us of the punishment we know that our sins deserve. But God goes way beyond them above that and he gives grace. Grace means getting what you don't deserve. God doesn't just pour out his mercy by withholding you from punishment that you deserve. No, instead he fills you with his love and forgiveness, light and life. And that's what we see coming through here. And where does this hope come from? Well, the psalm says this hope comes from his word. Yeah, pitting your hope in his word, it sounds a bit strange. But that word, word, it means command or message. God has a message of hope that you can look to for assurance of his faithfulness. Throughout the Old Testament, we find verses like this. Trust in the word of the Lord. The word of the Lord is salvation. God's word reveals who God is. It teaches us about the nature, character and identity of God. That message, do you know what? It came with his son, Jesus. In fact, the revelation of God was Jesus. And so John starts off his gospel and says, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has not been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light, it shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. That true light gives the life to all mankind. And do you know what? The world might not have recognised him, but yet for all those who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, not born of natural descent or human decision or a husband's will, but born of God. Who is the word of God? Who reveals God's nature, character and identity? Well, it's Jesus. You know, life is tough, but God is faithful to you and he demonstrates his faithfulness by sending his son Jesus to live on this earth, to identify with you, to reveal to you God's nature and character and ultimately he laid down his life to pay the price for your sins, to cover your shame and give you honour and forgiveness. And so the psalm sings, we cried for mercy but God gave his unmerited, unearned, free gift of his word which gives us hope through which we receive forgiveness. And that's just amazing. And then, of course, you can imagine in verse five, they go on to sing, I wait for the Lord. 
My whole being waits, and in his word I put my hope. I wait for the Lord. More than watchman waits for the morning, and then they say it again. You know, watchmen longing for the safety, security, warmth of the sun to rise and bring protection, just as the watchman waits, is just like the people of God long for the Lord. And so in verse 7, it says, Israel, which are the people of God, put your hope in the Lord. Just imagine everyone singing that to one another, the, the, the kind of gathered people of God singing to each other. Put your hope in the Lord, for with the Lord is unfailing love, and with him is full redemption. You are redeemed. You know, I mentioned before that I grew up in, in Congo, but I've also spent a year in the slums of Sao Paulo and Rio working there as well as three trips to, Chir to uh, Turkey, including work with refugees. We've holidayed in Mexico, America and France. And, you know, if coming back from these places, I told you that really what I'd done is spend two weeks living in the, la in the uh, departure lounge, you would probably feel sad for me. You would feel like I've missed out on all the adventure there is out there. Do you know, forgiveness is like the airport departure lounge of Christianity. It's the entrance way into adventures with God in lots of different areas to explore. But unfortunately, so many Christians don't spend time exploring other territories, like full redemption that came out in the passage, like unfailing love, like being children of God, like knowing security, significance, acceptance and identity. Now, do you know what? God has a whole adventure of life to the full for you to explore because his grace knows no bounds. In Jesus, you don't just receive mercy, but you get so much more. You get what you don't deserve. And you can know even that, even in the midst of the toughest of journeys, that you are loved, cherished and adored. You are significant, you're valued, you're honoured. And so Colossians says that he took away your sin and shame. He nailed it to the cross, never for it to be held against you. Forgiven a child of God, welcomed into his loving arms. This is grace, G-R-A-C-E, God's riches at Christ's expense. Amen? Amen? You know, life is tough and oh, God is so faithful to you. And it's good to trust in him. That's our, the last thing. In him we trust. Do you know, anyone who knew, uh, who knew the song was probably thinking, do you know what? I can't wait to get to Jerusalem because I know that's where we can receive God's faithfulness. Because the people of God, they're used to receiving forgiveness by sacrifice and ritual. Throughout the Old Testament, they would bring their sacrifices to the Lord at the temple. And in turn, they would receive atonement. That kind of means forgiveness for their sins. And so anyone new to the song would be struck again by the last verse, verse 8. Because they think they know how to get to God's forgiveness. They think they know. But in verse 8 it says this, He, that's the Lord, He himself will redeem Israel from all their sins. I mean, that is just amazing. It's like, Lord, what shall we do to receive this grace? And God says, I will do it. I will redeem Israel. I will redeem the people of God from all their sins. Right here in the middle of the Psalms, concealed in a few verses, is the story of the gospel, that God will do it. He himself is the redeemer, full of redemption, unfailing in love. He will do it. Not you by your blood, sweat and tears, but by God's. 
And he calls you to put your hope in his message, his word, his son Jesus on the cross. He redeemed your life from the pit. He pulled you out and called you an heir to the throne. All this is because of his grace, God's undeserved, unmerited, unearned, free gift of his son Jesus. Because that, you get what you don't deserve. You know, so often we think that living this life is all about do, do, do. Do this, do that, please him, please her, please God. Earn favour, earn credit, earn love, earn promotion. Read your Bible, Stop. Uh, start praying, stop sinning, do, do, do. But God says, no, it's not do, do, do. It's done, done, done. He says, I have done it. I paid the price. I made a way. I redeemed you. And I'm giving you my unfailing love and forgiveness. Life is tough. But God is faithful. In him we trust. So I'm just going to end. And I, I don't know where, again, where you are in your journey of life or, and faith. Maybe you're just starting off in life. Maybe you're twisting and turning. Maybe you're nearing the end. You know, it's so easy to think that life is all about the destination. It's all about getting to Jerusalem. It's all about getting to the next phase, next plan, next thing. Get the grades, get the job, get the kids, the house, the car, the grandkids, get to retirement. But I believe that God wants us to all know today that he can meet with us now in the middle of the journey, on the way to be right there with you in it. It's not easy. There's always going to be life's and, uh, ups and downs because life is tough. But our greatest need is the well-being of our soul. It's forgiveness. It's God's faithfulness to us. And he lavishes us with his grace so that we can identify with God. He is so faithful. And so our hope is not in ourselves, but it's in his unfailing love. And when we do this, we become much less about reaching the next goal or phase, but about enjoying the journey along the way. It's a bit like cool runnings. Peace be the journey. Knowing God's peace in your life satisfies your soul. Let me pray. Mm. Heavenly Father, I just want to thank you so much for our time together. And I just pray for every single person here today, streaming in screen to screen, that you would meet with us, that you would help us to know, Lord God, that in the toughness of life, wherever we are on the journey, that yes, Lord, you can be with us and you, you are faithful to us and we can know your presence and your peace right here, right now. And so I just ask, Lord God, would you fill every home, every, every life of your presence and your goodness. For, for those of us that don't know you yet, Lord, I pray, help us to know you in our hearts and in our minds, Lord God. For those that do, Lord, I pray, help us, Lord, to remember this all by your grace, this undeserved, unmerited, unearned gift that we can come into your presence, that we can go through this life knowing your promise never to leave us or forsake us and trust in you throughout the whole way. So I pray just be with us, bless us, Lord God. Thank you for this wonderful church. In your heavenly name, amen.